Arizona Sports. Sports. The local sports leader. leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. And away we go. The show is flying by. We're already at 4 o'clock here on Burns and Gambo's. We're live from Footprint Center. and first week of 2023 is in the books. Almost on. Our coverage here from Footprint Center is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The final Football Friday, the Cardinals 2022-23 season. Here's what we know about Sunday's matchup against the 49ers. According to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, James Conner is out. In fact, we just got the injury report a moment ago. Are you comfortable? Can I get you a cocktail? Are you okay? Because this might take a while for me to read this. It's a long one? Here are the players who are out for the game. I'll take a nap. (laughs) Zach Allen, Robbie Anderson. I'll go in the jacuzzi. Zavin Collins, James Conner. Antonio Hamilton, DeAndre Hopkins, Colt McCoy, Marco Wilson. Mm. All, All out. out. All out. Good. None of them are playing. <laughs> Good. Like I said, this is the week to just, you know. This is the week to do it. Andy Lee, you want to play some wide receiver today? Mm-hmm. Matt Prater at running back, you know. Equal equal opportunity. One of the reporters who covers the Cardinals, by the way, did send out some video of it looked like JJ Watt getting some handoffs at running handoffs. At running back. Oh, yeah, from practice. This I, I've been saying that all week. Well, he's got three touchdowns as a defensive. So he's got three touchdowns in the NFL. Get him out there, throw him a football. Hand, hand him the ball at the goal line. Get him a touchdown in his last game. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the injury report, Adam Schefter just tweeted out that 49ers wide receiver Debo Sam. Samuel is off the injury report and is expected to return Sunday against the Cardinals. So try to get him some reps. Yeah, get some reps. We had Adam Copeland on earlier from KNBR. He's a talk show host in the Bay Area. He thinks that, yeah, the 49ers will probably, if they've got guys with bumps and bruises, they'll keep an eye on the snap count. But the Brock Purdy, I think he's going to play because he needs the reps. He's still a young kid who hasn't had a lot of reps in the NFL, and he might play a bunch. The The Cardinals are obviously big underdogs in this game, and of course, we're all kind of keeping an eye on the Cardinals losing this game to maintain or maybe even improve their draft position. As far as Cliff Kingsbury, he was asked today if he thinks that he's going to return next year as coach of this team. You um, we'll focus on that after Sunday, but um, like I said, all our talk has been nothing but how do we win this game. Needless to say, Sunday night, Monday morning, we'll all be paying very close attention to see what the Cardinals do. That's going to be the day we would find out. Sure, sure. To, to walk away from Cliff, again, you're going to walk away from four years as an option year that was in Cliff's contract as well. Rough estimate, right around $7.5 million a year, but you would walk away from the remaining four years on that contract, which are guaranteed. We also mentioned J.J. Watt. He held a press conference today as well, and he talked about the emotions of retiring. He was also asked today if he sees himself being a coach in this league. If there's a role where you can coach but not do any of the other bull- yeah. Sign me up. And they pay you a lot? That'd be great. That'd be all, I don't, wherever that job is, I'll take it. Um, but the, I love the act of coaching at practice. Like, I love teaching and coaching. I love putting on the film of practice and saying, hey, I think this is what we can do. I don't want to break down film. I don't want to be at the combine. I don't want to be uh, up in the office until 11 p.m. game planning. So, no, I don't, I don't think I'll do any of that. But will I stop by practices and tell guys how I think they can be better? Absolutely. Um, will I maybe coach high school someday? Because I think it's an extremely impactful position where you can truly 
um, help impact kids' lives. Yeah, I think I think I could see that someday. But NFL and college, you're not going to catch me out there. Love the honesty. Love it. What about what about a cozy TV job? Work once a week, get a lot of money. What are you, you in for that, JJ? Yeah, I would think. I think that's where he's going to end up. I think he's perfect, perfect, perfect for that. But we'll see. Uh, Cardinals, Niners, that is a 225 kickoff. You'll hear it on the Arizona Sports app and here on 98.7. We're live from Footprint Center in downtown Phoenix. As I mentioned, Suns hosting the Miami Heat tonight. Still no Devin Booker. Obviously still no Cam Johnson and now no campaign. He re-aggravated the foot injury against the Heat team coming off a disappointing loss the other night to the L.A. Lakers with no LeBron and no AD. But a team that still has won eight of their last 12 and still obviously has a lot of talent on that roster. their main lineup has only played together for 14 games this year. So there's a thought that once they get settled in, they'll start playing better basketball. But that main lineup, you know, with Kyle Lowry in the rotation, that they have they have not had a lot of time together. But they should start that game tonight. A lot of talk about DeAndre Eaton. We talked about him at great length yesterday. Today on the Bill Simmons podcast, Rob Mahoney, NBA insider for The Ringer, said the whole league is noticing how disappointing this season has been for DeAndre. This has been a really dispiriting season of watching DeAndre. Aiden play basketball, to be totally honest with you. And that's the, the problem with that is exactly what you outlined. Like, everyone in the league knows it. These teams are playing against him. They're seeing him kind of float through some games, like not really assert himself, like have opportunities where he could be dominant but just doesn't. Everyone in the league is clocking the same things with, about DeAndre Aiden that we are, and those teams are not going to give you tons of stuff in a trade for him. That's, that's exactly what we were afraid of when sure. we talked about it yesterday. <laughs> you know, listen, it was, it was always the damned if you do, damn if you don't. If he plays really well, you're not going to want to trade him. If he doesn't play poorly, nobody's going to want to pay him $30 million over the next you know, three three years after this year. So you're in a tough spot. you got to hope for the best and hope that he becomes a better player. He had that 18-rebound game the other day, and he was fantastic. Uh, but can he be can he be more consistent, especially? Uh, I just want to see him dominate defensively. The offensive part of the game, if it happens, it happens. But he's got to be great on the boards, and he's got to block more shots. Right, let's run through the National Football League and start with the most important news of them all. DeMar Hamlin addressed the Buffalo Bills this morning this via is, FaceTime. This is great. Uh, according to the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar's breathing tube was removed overnight. His neurologic function remains intact. He has been able to talk to his family and his team of doctors and nurses. He addressed the team briefly this morning via FaceTime, and that obviously gave that organization a big, big lift. Definitely a turning point in, in his care. Absolutely a turning point, and uh, yeah, I'm sure that gave him a, le- uh, a lift. It's uh, it's just great to see the last few days you've gotten positive news after positive news, and you really feel like there's a great chance he's going to have a good recovery. All right, we're going into week 18 of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of teams with a lot to play for, and of course, the decision was made final today by a vote of the owners that they will implement these interesting new tie-breaking procedures and neutral site games, but if and only if... Kansas City gets the number one seed in the AFC, and they play the Bills at some point in the AFC Championship. If that happens, that game will be played at a yet-to-be-determined neutral site. Maybe inside, maybe outside, they don't know. I don't like it for the fans of Buffalo and Kansas City, but it is what it is. I mean, this is the decision they made. We'll move on. And then the potential that Cincinnati and Baltimore could come down to a battle of rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) That will be a lot of fun. You know, that's the three rock, paper, scissors to decide who would have 
home field advantage between Baltimore and Cincinnati. According to the reports, it's actually a coin flip, but I do appreciate the... You read a coin flip? I read a coin flip. Yes, it'll be a coin flip. You, I read you read was, rock, paper, scissors, I read best it was of three? A best of three uh-huh. rock, paper, scissors. Uh, Cincinnati's a little upset by it because they have no chance now of getting the number one seat. They had a shot at it. And Zach Taylor actually came out and said today, look, I, I, the rule book says win percentage. I don't know why we're not just going with the rule book here and why we're coming up with these rules on the fly because by doing this, it deprives the Bengals of any opportunity to get the number one seat in the AFC. They now can't. And they're a little pissed about that in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati... Would, uh, if they play Kansas City or Buffalo, is going to have to go play Kansas City or Buffalo in Kansas City, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't get well, the neutral no, if it's... There is one neutral site possibility for Cincinnati, I read as well. I don't remember exactly how it could play out, but there is a way, because Cincinnati can't get the number one seed, that I think if they play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, That would be neutral site, That would too. be neutral site, okay. too. Uh, that would right, be I neutral thought it was just Buffalo, yeah, Kansas no, City. No, it's Cincinnati, too, for that one specific instance. All right, other NFL news, quickly. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts trending to make his return from a shoulder injury this week. They, oh, they play the Giants. Win. They got to win. Win and they get the top seed. According to reports, the Giants are looking at resting some guys in that game. They're locked in at number six. Especially Saquon Barkley. Yeah. The Dolphins are going to start rookie quarterback Skylar Thompson against the Jets. The Dolphins have to win that game in order to get into the postseason. They lose and there's really no path for them to get into no, the postseason. No. I, I'm, I'm rooting for the Steelers. I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. Let them get in to get that last yeah, spot. I would yeah. love to see them do that. Yeah. Uh, in hockey, the Coyotes continue their road trip tonight with a stop in Chicago. They take on the Blackhawks at 6.30. And both U of A and ASU men's basketball won last night for U of A, a team that had lost three straight, or against a team that had lost three straight double-digit games. That was a tight contest against the Washington Huskies. It was. Huskies I mean, they, they needed uh, a big three-pointer by Kirk Creesa with about three and a half left. That put them up 63-56, and then they needed another three-pointer by Boswell. The uh, the young kid, Boswell, hit a huge three for them because Ramey wasn't playing very well. But 28 straight wins at McHale, 14-1 overall, 3-1 and in Pac-12 play. So they get that win at home. It was a hard fourth, and it went down. Like, they were down most of the game. Balo played well, and Tabellas played well. And those guys always play well, but they really, they really had the battle to win that one because that, that came right down to the right down to the wire. And in all honesty, I did mean to start with ASU's win over Washington State last night, 77-71. It ends a two-game losing streak for the Sun Devils. It improves them to 12-3 and overall, 3-1 and in the Pac-12. Uh, ASU allowed over 70 points for just the third time this year. The Kook shot about 43% from the floor, made 11 three-pointers. So it wasn't quite the defensive effort that we're yeah. used to seeing out of Bobby Hurley's Sun Devil team this year. But certainly good enough for the, for them for them to end that losing streak. Good first half. Cambridge and DJ Horn played well in the first half. ASU put up forty two. That is our four o'clock reset. That is everything going on in sports. When we come back, the heat is on at downtown Footprint Center. <laughs> the heat is on, uh-huh. but not for the team from Miami. The heat is on. Heat's on for the Suns. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. As soon as I read it in the tease, I knew we were going to play the song as a rejoin. Glenn Fry, yeah, former co-lead singer of the Eagles, The Heat Is On. What's a bad song? 
Yeah, this is one of my favorites. It wasn't a bad song. I wouldn't call it one of my favorites. Very catchy. Big hit. No, it's catchy. Big, huge hit. Big, huge hit. Heat is on. Uh, the Heat-Suns game is on tonight at 8 o'clock. We're live from Footprint Center, and our coverage today is presented by FanDuel, and we'll be here until 6 o'clock tonight. But the game is a late one, 8 o'clock, because it's on ESPN as the tough stretch for the Suns continues tonight. The schedule has been brutal. The road trip was brutal. It doesn't get any better. In fact, you could make the argument it gets worse with you know another game against Cleveland coming up on Sunday, then another road trip with back-to-back stops in Golden State and Denver. You know, but they, that never for two years that stretch would never have scared anybody. No, I know, but it does like now. For two years, but now it does. Now right? It does. Like that sucks. Yeah. For two years it was like there wasn't anything. Do you remember last year? I, I remember this so well because I think you and I both looked at it the same but different. There was a back-to-back stretch with the Suns. Your favorite win last year was when they went to Minnesota and beat the Timberwolves. Oh, my, yeah. My favorite win of the year was the very next night they went to Denver and they beat the Nuggets on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. All right? And that that two-game stretch in back-to-back games kind of like opened up our eyes and we're like, okay, what this team is capable of doing and how good they actually are. Because they, they were challenged that night against Minnesota and they responded. The next night they should have been exhausted playing at altitude. And I think if I remember right, they dropped 149 points on the Nuggets in the second night of a back-to-back. So you're right. Stretches like that, we used to say, bring it on. What's the big deal? So what? Yeah. Who cares? Cleveland? Yeah. Afraid of Cleveland? Yeah. Like, no. I mean, the Suns were the best team in the NBA last year. You looked at a stretch like this and you said, oh, eight-game stretch, they'll probably go six and two. You know, you weren't thinking, oh, can they go four and four? Can they, you know, oh, they got to draw. You just, you weren't. But now, listen, you without Devin Booker, they're obviously a much different team without him. We all know that. Uh, it's just, in the past, they've been able to overcome the losses of a guy or two. Or even a, when Devin Booker didn't play, they would still win games. And now they just don't seem capable of that. No, that has been, it's been said before. We'll say it again. I mean, last year, they went, what, 8-2? and two, I think you said without Devin Booker. Yeah, you just said that a second ago. This year's team, I don't know what, other than Chris Paul's diminishing skills because of age. And he was really good the other night against Cleveland. Other than that, I'm not really sure what else has changed, what else is different. Like in the past, no Devin Booker, you go 8-2, and 8-3. and three. Completely different it's, bench. It's because you still had a bona fide superstar out there in Chris Paul. He was an all-NBA third team guy a year ago. He is nowhere near being an all-NBA guy this year. He's not a top-ten point guard in today's NBA. And so... That has changed. Yeah, your bench has changed. Not having Jay Crowder, not having Cam Johnson, that has obviously changed as well. It's been frustrating to watch them struggle the way they have with no Devin Booker because we are used to seeing them thrive in moments like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, you watch these games with, to me, with Chris Ball, it's just, I have no idea what you're going to get from him. And for the first year and a half, or even two years with the Suns, you, you know, you expected that Chris Paul would play at a level of one of the best point guards in the league, the point guard. And he was. He was great. But this year, you you know, it's just different. This year, like, I don't know. I mean, if I told you Chris Paul's going to go for 24 points tonight and shoot the ball really well and have 12 assists, or he's going to shoot 4 for 11 from the field and have, you know, 9 points, you just don't know. And that's the thing with Chris is, like, night in and night out, you just don't know what to expect from him. No, you don't. And, like I say, a Heat team coming in, and there's obviously a lot of talent on that roster, but it's kind of talent that's in flux right now. The Bam Adebayo is tremendous. Jimmy Butler he's is... Been great. He oh, he's been great. He was great against the Lakers. He's He's, he's, he's 30 great. points every night. He's been great He's a them. tremendous player in this league and obviously a force to be reckoned with, no doubt about it. Jimmy Butler is 
there's still Jimmy Butler. Kyle Lowry is old, is old. Victor, oh, they want to get off the contract. You'll yeah. see. So it'll, that will be reported soon. It's not out there yet, but I, I know from talking with other teams that they're trying to see if they can move off of Kyle Lowry. Victor Oladipo has been on a little bit of a scoring tear as of late, but overall his three-point shooting this year hasn't been very good. His defense hasn't been good at all. Um, Tyler Hero completely got taken out of that game the other night by Dennis Schroeder against the Lakers. Defensively, you can do that to him from time to time. I mean, I, I the, the Heat come in here, and there's because of the, so much uncertainty with the Suns, not knowing exactly what you're going to get night in and night out, it's hard to know what to expect out of them. I mean, look, we, we talked about this earlier. The Suns, shorthanded with no Devin Booker, took the Denver Nuggets to the limit. The Suns totally shorthanded, went into Memphis, crushed the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, but there's also a 25-point loss. Oh, I know. I Another 25-point loss. They're down 32 to the neck. Like, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of ugly that goes with the few signs of, you know, and, and no campaign again tonight. You know, you can't rely on Chris Paul to play. I mean, Dwayne Washington's got to play more minutes. Yeah. You can't have Chris Paul play that many minutes. No, you, you can't. And, and then, of course, the DeAndre Ayton conversation, which is is not just a local one, it's a national one too. From the Bill Simmons podcast, this drops last night, this morning, um, Simmons wondered out loud if DeAndre Ayton is one of those empty stat guys. I was a big Ayton defender. This season's been concerning. It reminds me of the centers I grew up with in the 80s, like the Joe Barry Carroll type guys, where it's like, they're getting their stats. It's fine if you're not actually watching it. If you're watching it, like there's something slightly missing and it doesn't seem within the team it doesn't seem awesome either this does not surprise me one bit that people are picking up on that nationally because locally I think that is right in line with what we've seen for weeks now listen it's definitely a reason why it took a month before somebody gave him an offer sheet and that team was Indiana um Nobody else did. There's a reason why the Nets immediately, immediately shot down within hours. Yeah. Of, of the Kevin Durant trade rumors, you reported. I reported that right almost away. Almost immediately. The Nets do not want the under. They don't want them. Change yep. the whole equation for that story that day. It, you know what? It, it truly did change the equation for the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. 100%. Because once I reported that the Nets had no interest in Aiton, there really wasn't a path forward to get him, to get Durant. There really wasn't an a path easy forward. Aiton was the easy path. That was the really easy sign and trade, the salary, and then the money. close, right? and then the money yeah. makes the money a little bit easier. The path got a lot more complicated without that, no doubt. Um, and, and now we're coming up on what we thought was going to be an important date for DeAndre Eaton and the Suns, and now it just doesn't feel like it's going to be that important at all. January 15th, which is the day you can trade DeAndre Eaton with his permission. He, he has the right to avoid any deal for a year. But that's the first day the Suns could trade him to anybody but Indiana. Do you, do you, think, he, do you think he would welcome a trade? Look, without knowing DeAndre personally like that and only left to speculate, if I were DeAndre, I would probably want to trade. You, are you getting to the point where you feel like he's never really going to be appreciated? And now that he's making max money, it's even worse. Right? Yeah. Because when he wasn't making max money, it was like, oh, he's, you know, look what he did in the playoffs, sign him. Sign. Now you're paying him. But when you're paying him and he's getting five rebounds in a game against the Knicks, you're almost like, Geez. yeah, but, but and, and I was just going to say, I kind of object a little bit to your phrasing of he's not going to be appreciated because part of that is his own fault. 
right? Part of the reason why he's not going to be appreciated is because of him. Is because he's not he's getting five rebounds in a game where where he should be getting 10, 12. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not like he's 100% a victim in this equation. He's not playing as hard as he should be playing. He's not doing everything he should be doing, right? And so let's not make him out to be some sort of a victim in all this. But but if I were DeAndre I would probably welcome a trade somewhere else because it just feels like this. It feels like he is never going to be everything he needs to be here. And maybe now that he's got paid, I, I hate to think that getting paid was the most important part, but for some guys, it is. You know, I, I, I would think he would welcome a change of scenery, but I don't know him personally well enough to say that's for sure how he feels. How do you think he would feel? What would you want? I I. I don't think he would be as hard to replace because of the position that he plays. He's a good center. Like, he's a top five center in this league. But the difference between, like, the sixth best center and the 15th best center, this it's not that much. No, it's not that much. So, the, I don't, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he'd be really hard to replace. I think you, like, when you, if you do side by side comparisons, JaVel McGee and DeAndre Ayton last year, and don't put the names down. You'd have a hard time figuring out who's who. Yeah. Especially when you do like a per 36-minute comparison and you okay. even yeah. out their stats. You'd be hard-pressed to know who's who. Hard-pressed. Right. And not that JaVale McGee's having a great year this year. He's no, he's not, been terrible. But, but I, your point is well taken. It is that that is like you said it yesterday, and you're right. Mikel Bridges' skill set is worth a lot in today's NBA. A 3 and D guy on the wing that you can put on just about anybody and he's going to give you a maximum defensive effort. A guy who can shoot the three ball really well. Those That's the skill set in today's NBA that teams will pay through the nose for. DeAndre Ayton's skill set just isn't anymore. Unless you're elite. Unless you're in the top 1%. Unless you're Embiid Joel or Embiid. Unless you're Jokic. Unless you're one of those and DeAndre, as much as we try to will him to be that guy He's not that guy. But the Suns had, much like the Cardinals with Kyler, the Suns had no choice. They had to match that offer. You just can't let a chip like that walk without getting something in exchange. You, you just can't. Yeah, and the thing about Mikhail that, you, that, that everybody would like, too, is... 21 million this year, 21 million next year, 23 million a year after that, 24. He doesn't go over 25 million in any of these four years. Oh, yeah. He's between 21 and 24.9 million dollars. You wait until the cap goes up in a couple of years, that deal will be a steal. Yeah, it's a, a steal. It's, It'll be a really good deal it's a in good the NBA. Contract. It's a, the average salary is $22 million. It's a solid contract for both for both, both yeah. parties. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock tonight. We'll see you know, DeAndre Ayton put that target on his back a couple of nights ago after the comments he made after the Knicks game. We'll see. And he responded. 18 rebounds, and he played much better, more physical brand of basketball against the Cavs. We'll see what he brings tonight against Bam Adebayo and the Miami Heat. 8 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports and the Arizona Sports app. When we come back... What if Sean Payton doesn't decide to return to coaching this year? And could another member of the Arizona Cardinals retire this year? Bold predictions for the NFL offseason. You'll hear them next. Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. It's a really good one today. Let's send it back to the Oxygen Community Studios where Eric Ruby is standing by. 
Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, what you got for us on this football Friday? I agree with you, Burnsy. It's a good question, but it's also a sad question when you really think about it. Well, I guess it's been, it's been a sad year for Arizona sports, right? So I mean, sad. It stays in. It's, it's, I mean, I wasn't, no, the final I'm year. I'm kidding. 2022. I didn't mean 2023. I, I, it's, it's, been an, it's been a terrible year. It's, it's of course. So, so it's not going to uplift us, but it certainly is going to make us think. What do you got? Both of these number one overall picks signed massive extensions and contracts this offseason. Who are you more confident in reaching their maximum potential during their contract? Kyler Murray or DeAndre Ayton? Now that is a poll question. <laughs> that is Gambo digitally recorded every time we have a poll question we really like. Um, Man, we and and we both we had different opinions on this. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's a hard question. It is a hard question. This is this is one of those ones where it's easy to say there really is no right answer here because I, I think it's uh, it's just so nuanced. I, I I just think that with Kyler, it's more about improving his knowledge of the NFL game. And with Aiton, it's more about improving his attitude in which he plays the NBA game. And I think it's easier to improve knowledge than it is attitude. That's the best way I can I sum think it if up. you said which guy has come closer to his ceiling, even though Kyler was rookie of the year, I think I would lean towards Aiton. With some of the dominant playoff games that he had, the finals run a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I think if you said which guy has been come closer to the ceiling of what they could be, I think that's eight. See, now when you put it like that, I'm almost inclined to switch my answer because that's a good way of putting. Because I'm thinking of my own answer in my mind, and it's not like Kyler's attitude is perfect, right? It's yeah, Kyler's got to learn to read a defense and process information a little bit better. But when I when I say attitude or energy or effort, I'm making it sound like Kyler's perfect in that regard. He's not. So I, I'm I'm gonna stick. I, I'm I, I still think Kyler's got a better chance of living up to his potential. What's our audience say on this one? That's a great question. Eric. Audience agrees with you, Bernsey, by a relatively significant margin. Fifty eight point four percent with two thousand votes coming in say Kyler Murray. They are more confident in him reaching his maximum potential over DeAndre Ayton. I think a lot of it too depends on timing when you ask the question. If we ask this question the Monday after a Cardinals loss and Kyler doesn't play well, it might be a different answer. Or after DA wins Western Conference Player of the Week. Exactly. Or, or, but because we're asking this question now during a stretch where DeAndre Eaton hasn't been playing real aggressive basketball and Kyler's kind of been out of sight, out of mind for the last month because of the injury, you know, it's almost easier to pick on DeAndre in a moment like this because we've got more evidence right now in front of us that we can pick on him. What, what about an ACL injury? That was my that, next question. That may you know, hurt a player who relies so much on his legs. That is a another great factor. argument and factor in favor of DeAndre Ayton because there there is, I don't know how big of a risk, but there is a risk, certainly, that Kyler Murray's just not the same guy when he comes back. You know, ACL surgeries are fairly 
common these days. Most guys come back and they can do everything they did before. But mentally, does he hold back a little bit, you know, because he doesn't trust it, because he's not sure about it? I'm just as much worried about that with Kyler as I am physically and how he comes back from it. Really good question. I hope you vote on it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page because I think that one is going to make you think. Now, we're all waiting to see what happens Sunday night, Monday morning, Cliff, the NFL, what vacancies come open. I don't think they're all going to come open on Monday. There's always one or two that come a little bit later. The, the coaching carousel is always kind of a moving target. But certainly when it comes to the Cardinals, we're, we're going to be you know, eyes wide open going into Sunday night and Monday morning to see what happens with Cliff. Sean Payton is the name that's been discussed for two months now. Don't know if he's going to get the gig or not. Don't know if he's the guy. I do like this story. I don't, dis- I don't agree with it, but I like this story. CBSSports.com. Ten crazy NFL offseason predictions. Yeah. Number four, they write, Sean Payton does not return to the NFL. Fascinating because you would think with seven possible openings that you know that he's gonna that he could potentially more potentially more than seven right and, and he want and he wants to coach like he's everything's leaning towards he wants to coach so that would be really surprising to me that he doesn't you know unless he's got like hey there's one job I want. If I, you know, I'm not going to take any job. He doesn't have to take any job. So he might look at the at the seven potential openings and say, you know, okay, I will, I will take two of those jobs if I don't get if I can't get either one of those two. The thing with Peyton is you're going to have to pay him fifteen million dollars. Yes. Okay, if you think he's going to come in for ten, you're wrong. You're going to have to pay him fifteen million. Super Bowl winning coaches are going to get that type of money. Honestly, it might be more than 15. But 15, to, yeah. 15 to 20. 15 to 20. But I'm saying maybe. at least $15 million. Yes. And then there's the compensation that New, New Orleans is going to want for him, which we think is going to be at least a first-round pick. So those could be big factors in whether he – you know, th- th- it's not – it's not just like he's a free agent. You just go sign him. You also are going to have to figure out a deal with New Orleans to make it work. Yeah, and the seven, and when I say you know known coaching openings, the seven expected coaching openings, and some of these are known. Carolina won, although I did see, and I, I meant to send you the story and I forgot, there is, as you would expect, a lot of momentum in Carolina in the locker room for keeping Steve Wilkes. Now, whether David Tepper listens to that, the owner there, I don't know. But there has been players, have been players who have gone on records saying that Steve Wilkes should get that job. Carolina, number one. The Saints, number two. Houston, number three. Washington, maybe number four. The Cardinals, maybe number five. The Broncos, for sure, at six. The Colts, for sure, at seven. Those are the seven that are either really close to being sure things or that are sure things that are going to be looking for head coaches. I personally, I think Sean Payton's coming back. I don't think those reports surfaced two weeks ago about him lining up Vic Fangio and other coaches to be on his staff are out there if he doesn't have a pretty good idea that he's getting a gig this offseason. I don't think he I don't think he well, starts you know. that legwork until he knows he's going to possibly get a gig. You got to have the Rooney rule. These teams going to have to hire a minority uh, uh, interview, interview. Minor- yeah. a minority candidate. But I would probably think that through back channels Peyton already knows which job he's going to have. I would agree. Okay. And I the would. team that's going to hire him already knows that they're going to hire Sean Payton. I would agree. They're just going to do it the right way and it'll take a little while and then I'll hire but I doubt that we're going to sit there and he'll be like that. I don't think this. Put it this way: I don't think Sean Payton is going to do three interviews. You think it's going to be one interview and done and done and done with the team that he's going to? Who do you want? What job do you want? Well, right, Sean Payton's going to fly to three different places to do interview interviews with owners. Yeah. What job does he want? 
Okay, they interview him. That's it. Like if you're gonna if you have if you're gonna bring in Sean Payton, you already know you've got to pay fifteen plus million dollars. Yeah, you know that, and then you're gonna have to give up uh, compensation <laughs> to get him. Right. So I don't think that there's Sean Payton's gonna interview with Carolina on Monday and the Cardinals on Wednesday, and then on Friday he's gonna go to Denver. I don't like. I don't think that's. No, gonna I don't, be the I don't case. think so because a, a coach like Sean Payton just isn't available every day, right? Every year cycle, and and so he doesn't. And that's that's the nonsense a lot of coaching candidates have to go through. He doesn't have to go through any of that stuff. No. The, the back-channel stuff is real. The back-channel conversations, he knows the league. He knows who to tell. He knows how to cover his tracks. He knows how to have those conversations without it violating any known rules, you know, kind of off the record. I think you're right. I, I think you're right, which is why, you know, two of the jo- one of the jobs I would have pegged him for would have been the Chargers job. And I was just talking with one of our listeners a second that ago. That job's not going to be open. Unless they get destroyed in the first round of the playoffs. Very similar to how the Cardinals got destroyed by the Rams right, immediately fired Cliff King. Oh, no, wait, they didn't fire Cliff King. Yeah. That's the only path I can see to the Chargers being available. Because you're right, you don't get that team to the playoffs after five years of not being there and fire the guy. You only fire the guy if he gets humiliated in the playoffs. I, I would have thought the Chargers would have been the perfect Super Bowl job. winning coaches don't become available that often. Nope. Nope. Now, I don't think you're... If you're the Chargers and you're like, look, got to the playoffs, lost in the first round. We got a chance to get this guy. He wants to be here. We had no choice. Now, McVay reiterated again today his intention to be coaching next year and not in a broadcast booth somewhere. If that changes this offseason, hello, Sean Payton of the Rams. That I could... Even though they're a little bit of a mess with their quarterback situation, their draft pick situation, it's not it's not the most ideal job in the world, but I would think that owner, that money, that opportunity, I would guess that where he would end up, but that's only if McVay retires and takes a broadcast. The McVay job. thing's fascinating, isn't yeah, it? I think I won a Super Bowl last year. He's young. I know. Why is there all this talk about him not coaching? It's a great question, but there's why? been a lot of why? talk about it. I, I think just well, the... guy does Chunky Campbell soup commercials. Just the, the idea that, hey, I can downshift into an easier lifestyle and still make... You know why? I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you, we had a great conversation about this with Tim Ring while you were gone. Part of the reason why? Go look up Tony Romo's salary. You know? Go look up Troy Aikman's salary. He's won a Super Bowl championship. He's got the ring. If he could go and make Tom Brady like money at a network for just sitting around talking about a game once a week when he's already got a ring from winning a Super Bowl, I can see how that would be very tempting. Aren't, aren't some guys just wired to coach? They want to coach. Oh, of course. Of course. You really want to be like, you, you're not You're not in the game being an analyst. You're not in the game. I know, but that money is it's crazy. It's crazy how much a guy like Romo makes. There's a lot more security in that job, oh, too. Oh, yeah. What? The stress? There's no stress when you're doing something like that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, we take a look around the playoff race, the NFL. Of course, we know the situation with the Bills and the Chiefs. Who else has something on the line this weekend? We'll talk about it next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
All right, welcome back to the Burns and Gambo Show. We are live from Footprint Center, and we are brought to you today by FanDuel. We'll be here until 6 o'clock. And, of course, NFL Week 18, it all gets decided this weekend. Everything is on the line. You and I are both on record as saying the team in the NFC, we want to come out with that last spot is Lions. the Detroit Lions. We're rooting for the Lions. Very much like to see that. I think that's very, very cool. I yes. think it's, When was the I, last time they won a playoff game? They've won one, right? It's been a um well, you always have that stat handy dandy. I give me a minute, I'll find out. The Lions. I probably do have it somewhere. Well now don't go looking through books. I can Yeah. Ninety something or I think one playoff win. Anyway, they've never been never successful. So it'd be nice to see the Lions. The only time you actually see the Lions play is Thanksgiving Day. So for other people you'll get to see the Lions and if they get made the I'm rooting for the Lions. What a great story. I love that coach too. I'm running through a wall for that guy. Campbell. Jared Goff's had a good year. Burns, he's looking it up. So, <laughs> stretch, trying to stall stretch. here. Last Lions Lion. playoff win yeah. is 90, 1991. 1991? Yep. You were a young man in 1991. I was a young man in 1991. 2023. You took about 32 years ago last time the Lions won a playoff game. My whole life ahead of me back in 1991. Man. Yeah. A lot of people here weren't even born when the Lions last won a playoff game. God, I was a sophomore in college. You were a sophomore <laughs> in college. One. That's insane. Which college were you at that year when you were a sophomore? Uh, that would you have been NAU. NAU. I was at NAU then. Oh, you had gone to NAU? I had just started at NAU. Okay. Right? Yeah, I had just started. There you go. <laughs> had you met your wife by then? No. You hadn't even met your wife. Hadn't even met her. Hadn't even met her. No. Right. 1991 was the last time. Um, all right. So, But their situation is really, their situation's kind of screwed. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, the NFL does a lot of things right. Seattle's situation is screwed. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- I just the meant Lions the, whole, the are... whole situation in general is kind of screwed. The, the NFL should have, I get it. Jacksonville, Tennessee is not a super sexy matchup. That's why it's on Saturday night. But it's, it's for all the marbles. It's still for the division. Yeah, the winner gets the, the division. division. The loser doesn't. I'm rooting for Jacksonville. That game should be on Sunday night. And I get why it's not, because it's not a super sexy matchup. But it is just not fair to Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay to not have those games on at the same time. It doesn't make any sense. Because as you pointed out yesterday, the irony of it all is that by Seattle beating the Rams on Sunday afternoon, they take the incentive away from Detroit to want to beat the Packers on Sunday night. Because now Detroit's got nothing to play for. You ripped their heart out. Yeah. They they get to. You know, right now the Lions believe they have a chance to make the playoffs, and they're working really hard. But the second Seattle wins that football game, if they win, you you know, there's going to be emotional down try what is it called an emotional disconnect where they're just yeah, gonna be emotional like, oh, yep, disconnect yeah, you know you like they can't make the playoffs yep. now so which is why those two games have to be on at the same time they should have be. to be yeah but they're not a big mistake they're not it's a big it's a big mistake um things that are also okay so here's i'm looking at my seed give me the, possibilities. Give me the steelers give me the steelers what, the steelers and the what do the steelers have to do to get to the playoffs well i'm, I'm rooting for the steelers i'm glad you asked cuz you know me i have to have a rooting interest in anything Pitts, pittsburgh yeah which is a playoff berth. Let's go. By either a Pittsburgh win. Well, it's two things. They got to beat the Browns. They got to beat the Browns. They need Miami to lose or tie. They need New England to lose or tie. 
And Pittsburgh gets in. All right, give me the thing. Give me the games. Uh, Jets, Miami. Okay, standby. Hold on. Okay. So the let's see. The Browns are at the Steelers. Okay, Steelers are going to win that game. The Jets are at the Dolphins. Okay, the Dolphins are terrible, but so are the Jets. The Patriots are at the Bills. They need the pay. They need the Bills to. But the Bills don't really have a reason to play anymore now, unless the Chiefs unless the lose Chiefs. on Saturday. Unless, but what if the Chiefs win Saturday? The Chiefs win on Saturday, they, and you the made Buffalo's going to rest everybody. Buffalo should rest everybody because there's nothing for them to gain. No, then that's their bye week at that point. That that they, they, they can't get the number one seed. Yeah, I got to be honest win. with you. This schedule really screws Pittsburgh and Seattle. Totally screwed Pittsburgh and Seattle with this schedule. Yeah. And the Ravens, too, to a certain extent. And the Bengals a little bit, too, with the, with the new things they put into place last night with the announcements. Because the Bengals would have had a shot at the number one seed. Now they don't. The Ravens could beat the Bengals twice in one season and not win, and the, not win the AFC well, that North. Happens. That's happened plenty of times. Well, I guess that's true. It had, But it, it's, it's still... And you know what? The reason why all of this extra layer of complication is in there is obviously because of Tamar Hamlin. And, and so... Give me one team you don't want in the playoffs. That's that's a wild that wild card team right now. That can't get chances to, to get in. Uh, a team that has a chance to get in that I don't want to get in. Yeah, Seattle Seahawks. You don't want Seattle in. I don't want the Seattle Seahawks. In. You'd rather have Green Bay. I'd rather have Green Bay than Seattle. I'd rather have Seattle. Get yeah. rid of Green Bay. I, I know Green Bay's I'm, tired I'm, of Green I'm Bay, but tired of Aaron Rodgers. I think I saw a stat where Pete Carroll has never gone two straight years without making the playoffs. Okay. I think that's the stat I saw. I'd, I'd like to. AFC, who do you want out? Mm. Come on, give me Patriots. Give me Bill Belichick. <laughs> give me the Patriots. <laughs> that, that hurts because my son's such a Patriots fan. I hate to say that I'd be rooting well, against him. He's also him. a communist. So, <laughs> um, you know what? I'll give you a team that I want out of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm bored as hell with the Tennessee Titans. Get them out. Okay, I'm, there you I'm go. So, I'm so there bored with them. I'm tired to right. see the Titans in the playoffs every right. year. They're not going to win. Bore, of course they're not. You have no chance Bore. of winning. They're starting Joshua Dobbs at quarterback this week right. on the road in Jacksonville. They're not making it. I don't want them to make it. I'm so tired of the Tennessee Better Titans of being in the postseason. Every Mark year. Burnell out of retirement to win that football game. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm tired of the Tennessee. I'm tired Titans. of the Titans. I'd rather have the Patriots in there than the Titans, and not just because my son roots for them. I just I'm, I'm sick of the Titans. I'm done. I'm done with them. I agree. I want Jacksonville to win that division. <laughs> I'd like to see Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk and Jacksonville become division champs. One year after they get rid of Urban Meyer, they win the damn division. How great would that be? All right. So in the NFC, um, it's still kind of a mess, to be honest with you. Um, these Philadelphia, San Francisco, or Dallas could all get the top seed, potentially. For Dallas, there's a lot they have to do. Okay, Philly just has to win. Philly just has to win. And they haven't won in the last couple of weeks, but they also didn't have their quarterback. Okay. The number two seed. They should win because the Giants are probably going to rest guys. It sounds like it. Brian, I saw a story today where Brian Dable is probably going to rest a bunch of guys, and it looks like Jalen Hurts is ready to go. How do you, you can't really avoid that if you're in the NFL. It kind of sucks because it hurts other teams, but you can't avoid that if you're in the NFL. You can't avoid what? Having Teams resting guys. guys. No, you can't. Like you can't avoid it. Like you're going into this final for these other teams. You probably you know, here's the word. You should have done more in the regular season to make it. If it comes down to the last game and you get screwed because some team's going to be rest, that's on you. Mm-hmm. You should have played better in the regular season. Minnesota. Now I, I think Minnesota's. I think they're really interesting to watch to see what they do this week. in Minnesota has a game against the Bears on Sunday morning. I think Minnesota's really interesting because I think it's actually better for them to be the number three seed and not be the number two seed. Because as the two seed, they're probably playing the Packers. As the three seed, they would play the Giants. If I'm, if I'm a Vikings fan, I want the three seed. I don't want the two seed. 
I don't want to have to play Green Bay again. They just kicked my ass a week ago. I want nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with them. Because I think Minnesota and the Giants are two teams that I would pick both of them to lose the opening weekend of the playoffs. But if they play each other, it's got to be advantage Minnesota, right? Or or does it? Maybe it's not. I don't know. Because the Vikings seem like they're very vulnerable going into the postseason. I think the Giants could beat the Vikings. So, would you pick it? Giants Vikings in Minnesota. I I'm, I'm I might. Okay. I might pick the Giants. I'd probably But that's pick. hard because now you go and you you you, you deal with per her Purse strings? Not purse strings. You pull it at the heart heart strings. strings. Tugging at the heart strings. Tugging at the heart strings. Yes. I don't speak very well. Um, And I talk for a living. Yeah, I think I do think the Giants could. I think like if I'm the Giants, I'd rather like what are the Giants options? Oh, who they could play? If I'm the Giants, because I think I'd rather have Minnesota. They're they're reeling around and not playing very good. They guys got clobbered by the by Green Bay. The only two teams the Giants could get are either Minnesota or San Francisco. So if I'm the Giants, I'd much rather have Minnesota too. I'd rather have Minnesota than San Francisco. Give me Minnesota. Absolutely, I gotta go clear across the country to go play San Francisco. Yeah, yeah I'd rather have I'd rather have the Vikings. Yeah, I, so I, I think. Listen, I'm saying this now. I think the 49ers come out of the NFC. I think they're coming out. I think Brock, I, even with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, I think even with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, they're coming out of the NFC. I'm going with running the ball and defense to win this year. I don't care who. I don't care if they go up against Brady, Rodgers, or Philadelphia. I think San Francisco is coming out. Now you know, in previous years, I haven't believed in San Francisco. Yes, I know. So now I believe in them. They'll probably be out in the first round. <laughs> but I, I'm going with San Francisco this year. Yeah, last year was it San Francisco went to Green Bay in the freezing cold. They, they had beat won. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. They, they won that. Game. They didn't really do anything special. No, it just no. Green Bay didn't play very good. In the NFC, four different teams could be the number two seed: San Francisco, Philly, Minnesota, or Dallas, depending on how it all shakes out. Tampa Bay's locked in as the four. It's either going to be Dallas or Philly as the five. Now, I'm not afraid there. of Tampa Bay at all. I'm not. If I'm one of I'm, Tampa Bay doesn't. I'm, I have no fear in Tampa Bay. See, not like you would Green Bay. If I okay, they're fourteen nothing in Carolina I, last I, week. I, I know. I think just based off of their own playoff history, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys and I have to go to Tampa Bay to beat Brady and the Bucks, I'll bet you on that game. Um, so we already have a bet on. We got that. a bet. Okay, we, we've we already got a bet, a bet on that game. We do have a bet. I, yeah. I don't know if Mitch played the sound. Put it on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I've got a game. We, we'll, we're betting it. But yesterday we decided that if it's the Bucks versus the Cowboys is the four-five matchup, I'm taking the Bucks. I think the Cowboys will. It's Brady and it's the Cowboys. They'll find a way to blow it. The Cowboys just find a way to blow it in the playoffs. They always do. They but always do. Tony Romo is their quarterback. Even since Tony Romo has been Romo. their quarterback, they have they've had no playoff success, none. I, I think they've maybe won. Well, Tony Romo, they didn't get to the playoffs, right? They were always eight and eight every I, I, day. Of I, the year. I think with Dak, they've won maybe one playoff game. I think the Bucks are no. The Bucks are no good. I know the you're, Bucks you're basing are no it good, on one tough. one game Don't. in which Brady was able to hit Mike Evans Don't. for three for three touchdowns. I'm basing it on two things: Tom Brady's history in the playoffs and Dallas's history in the playoffs. Okay. That's what I'm basing it off of. We got a bet. We got a bet. Dallas is going to kill him. Okay. <laughs> gonna, Blue guys, we got a bet here. You bet we do. Well, bet they're going to kill him. But if and only if they actually meet on the field. We'll see. I hope they do now. I, take I, a oh, I hope they do, too. It'd be a fun bet. I, I look forward to that. When we come back, everybody is talking about if the Cardinals will fire Cliff Kingsbury. Will it really be that easy to find somebody who wants the gig if they do? That's next. Burns and Gambo.